Welcome to the official, official uh, episode one of Nope Just Sports. We're your host. I'm Griffin. We got Palmer up here. What's up, guys? We got Daxton down here. Uh, all three of us from Las Vegas, friends since high school. Um, wanted to start this podcast for a long time. And we got a, a pretty good show today. We got things about trade rumors. We got um, the draft that's happening today. We got a couple fun segments. Um, but I think Palmer's going to start us off with some things that did not make the show. So this, uh, this we want to start our shows off with what didn't make the show or called the omissions list because we only talk about sports on this podcast. First one uh, that didn't make the list yesterday, Griffin dropping his phone in the toilet. That's number one. That is a, a true story. True uh-huh. story. <laughs> number two that didn't make the list, the gender of my wife's and I's baby. Well, well, my wife's pregnant, but it didn't make the list because we didn't get it. So Okay, I was going to say, wait, I kind of wanted to make the list. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, they uh, said it was going to be here today, but that just didn't end up happening. So, Dude, what the heck the is on there? Is the, is the baby's gender late? Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Supposedly they lost the test and they found it, but now it's being processed. So, And finally, the last thing that did not make the list, Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner split up reportedly. <gasps> and I have heard that the Suns are a little bit more of a title contenders next year because that curse is now. Oh, the Kardashian <laughs> curse. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I will be moving to LA now. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's it on uh, what didn't make the, the show this week. That is the omissions list. But now we're going to start into trade rumors. Griffin can start us off with that too. Yeah, so let's just, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about sports. I think the biggest one, you got, I mean, everyone's kind of talking about it right now. Where do you guys think Kyrie Irving is going to go? Uh, that's a tough one. I think... Wherever Kyrie goes, it's going to be another difficult situation. He either goes to a big team and something similar happens, or it just doesn't end up working because he doesn't play. And since playing with LeBron, it's it's become more ball dominant, more dominant. Um, but then if he goes to a smaller team, it's just Kyrie goes, Kyrie cooks, and Kyrie can't make it to the playoffs. So it's just tough. Yeah, and like like I've been. So this, like, we know that he, like, the stat is something crazy. Like, the past three seasons, he's played, like, like less than half of the games. Like, just Robert. in, like, an insane number. Robert. And I kind of, like, so, like, Stephen A. Smith was a big advocate for kind of, like, like, Kyrie Irving, like, this is your job. Like, you have a contract. Like, you're letting your teammates down. And obviously, that showed when they got swept um, by the Celtics. So for the longest time, I was like, honestly, since he's left the Cavaliers, I've just been like, dude, Kyrie is kind of like, kind of selfish, kind of self-centered. Like he's a great basketball player. He's spectacular. But I find myself thinking like, like I'm kind of flip-flopping because I'm like, oh wait, like the idea of him going to the Lakers and playing with LeBron, I'm like, okay, like maybe, maybe Kyrie's like, maybe, maybe I like him again. Which is like, obviously, like, but again, it's like, who knows if he'll play? I think the biggest thing is, I think LeBron is 10 times the leader that Kevin Durant is, you know, personal opinion. But so maybe he plays differently. But again, it's like, how much are you willing to risk and gamble? Because what if he just doesn't show up, you know? I think, though, he will show up because of the vaccine thing. Like, obviously, he was there for every game that he could have played last year. 
I think it would work but only because I, I don't know, if, like the, the Lakers have a certain amount of problems and it Kyrie going to the Lakers doesn't solve every single one of those problems, but I feel like they do get better. The Lakers would get someone to start the offense when LeBron is off the floor, which is a huge need right now that they have. Russell Westbrook does not have the capability anymore to officiate an offense, to get it going, and to create his own good shot. Like he Yeah, definitely not. Crappy shot, that's for dang sure. But another thing it solves is shooting. Lakers were actually second this year in quality three-point shots. They just didn't have anyone to make them. Like literally they shot so bad from behind the line. Anthony Davis had by far the worst shooting year of his life. He's on the decline as well. So, I mean, Anthony Davis shot 18% from three-point line this year. 18%. That is so bad. And if you look at him in the title contending year or the year they won in the bubble, he shot way better. Everyone shot way better on the Lakers. And then they traded away the players. They made mistakes, obviously, like that. So Kyrie coming to the Lakers, I honestly think it would help. It doesn't make them – I think that they have some other issues for them to be a title contending team. I think it makes them a playoff team for sure, but not a title contending team. They have way too many problems on defense. And getting rid of – or adding Kyrie to the mix – makes their defense almost worse uh also just like the nets they they don't really get anything better like i don't i cannot imagine the nets making a trade now if Kyrie becomes a free agent then i can see it happening but the nets like adding russell westbrook not good now if they can get anthony davis which i don't think the lakers are crazy enough to trade straight across anthony davis for Kyrie, but if they could get that now that's a different story because the only thing it against Anthony Davis is his availability, but they're dealing with availability issues on two of their three stars. So it's, they get better in my opinion, because they need size and defense. If you look on the East side, the East uh, conference, Eastern conference, it's all bigs. You got to go through Giannis, Robert Williams. Now Bam Adebayo isn't a big, but he's a very great defender against bigs. So adding Anthony Davis, I think helps them become more of a title contender, but I doubt that the Lakers would even, think about trading straight across the Lakers would need to get more in return. It just makes a more injury. Team more. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I, the thing with the Kyrie trade for Lakers is it's what the people want, right? They want the man between Kyrie and LeBron. It's going to be super heartwarming and get the CEO, whatever, you know, it's the shit it could have won is, but at the same time, a trade, would probably involve Anthony Davis. You bring Anthony Davis over the Nets, and that's an injury-prone player joining an injury-prone roster. Like that doesn't solve problems for either team. Yeah, just it, it doesn't work. Like I, I don't know how else to package it. Yeah, and like I think with Paul, what he said about like maybe they're not title contenders because like you do need a full team, but also a lot of majority of teams in playoffs run an eight-man rotation, like. Oh, if that, if that, so like realistically, we've seen Kyrie, I think he's 31, 32, like not old. We've seen him do it before. Anthony Davis is 29. Like, yeah, maybe like it doesn't solve all their problems. And like, I've, I've seen rumors about in order for them to get it, like, yeah, like Lakers don't really have a lot of assets, but they have Westbrook and uh, Taylor Horton Tucker was like the people that I have read. Um, yeah, but they're not where it's like, but again, it's just like it's it's L.A., it's Hollywood. You get to see, you know, LeBron literally, and Kyrie. Literally, reunite. Westbrook's contract is just being passed around league because in in the NBA you have to match contracts if you trade. So like Westbrook's contract is just been going from team to team, five teams in five years. 
So literally the only other team that can really yeah. take on his contract and not take a hit from it is like the Pacers, the Thunder, like where they have cap space for a contract that bad. Right. Like the Kings, like the Kings, like Pistons. Dude, that's another... like that they can take him, but there's no way that anyone wants to take that contract. But there is only one year left on the contract, which is why we're even having talk. Uh, like we're even talking about the potential of him being traded because right. if there's a team that's going to tank next year, sure. We'll take him. We'll get draft capital off of that. Yeah. Here, here's my, here's my Tuesday situation. <laughs> I would absolutely love to see just either succeed or crash a bird. You trade Kyrie. <laughs> For Westbrook, two reunions in the same season. <sighs> and Westbrook reuniting with KD. You know the the, the ratings would love that. Yeah. Team, or they're gonna you know make up and and figure it out, and it's gonna be OKC 2.0, and you're gonna have the Cavs 2.0. I think <sighs> you know that but is that, in the multiverse. In the multiverse. But, yeah, in the multiverse theory. Yeah. So much I better back then. Yes, like, and like, and but that was another question I actually had for you guys was like. If Kyrie does get traded, which kind of is still 50-50 right now, uh, we know he's either going to, I think the runners-up are Lakers, Clippers, and Knicks. Um, if he does go to any one of those teams, what does Kevin Durant do? Because I think he leaves. Like, You think he – where would he go, though? Yeah, he's He can go anywhere, I feel like. Yeah, I mean – Pretty much almost all teams except for, like, the Warriors – probably the Lakers and then maybe like a couple other teams like the Bucks would drop everything to get Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the league would like imagine the, like if the heat somehow were able to give enough room with him, they trade away Duncan Robinson, you know, like bam and Tyler hero or something like that. Those three players plus draft picks for, and then Jimmy, yeah, Butler and it, would, Durant, it would take would a whole dirty, that would, that would be yeah. a dirty team, but I don't yeah, know it if, would, when, if he's going to do that. But at the same time, if I'm a GM that just watched this last playoffs and watched the finals and you see all of these teams, like, okay, yeah, the, the Warriors aren't a small market, but all these big market teams that are winning, they're using small market strategies through drafting, through player development, and it's successful. Yeah. And yeah, we've true. seen that through the Lakers and through the Nets that acquiring all these super expensive free agent players doesn't really mean a championship. Yeah, I was actually, that's actually an interesting point because I was reading an article, I think yesterday, about the NBA superstar era maybe dying because we haven't really seen like a, a super team. Like we've seen like a couple like superstar duos, you know, uh, linked together. Like I think the last one, technically, if you want to count it, is the Harden, Irving, Durant in Brooklyn, but they like never played together. So, and these last two teams in the finals, the Celtics Warriors are both homegrown teams. Like, all their like 90% yeah, of their the players Bucks. drafted and developed the Bucks last season. Um, like well, obviously with a few exceptions. Um, but it's like I think a lot of teams are kind of like leaning towards it. And I think that's why there's a lot of coverage on the draft this year, even though like I mean, some of the prospects are insane, but I feel like it it like nothing in like nothing crazy, but everyone's kind of talking about it because it's like, okay, we've seen people like Draymond Green who was like the 28th pick or something round. like that. Yeah, second round. That's what it was. And like he's become – <laughs> Literally. So it's like I think a lot of teams are looking at that or even like people on the Celtics. I mean, super impressive that they got to the finals. They have Robert Williams, Grant Williams, like all these guys, Peyton Pritchard, that were able to contribute on a playoff team. So like 
I don't think if Kevin Durant were to leave, I don't even know if he would go to somewhere like I don't yeah, know. Go to like the Kings or something stupid. I feel like, or or even maybe a team with like just one. Die, huh? yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing: like, there's the knock. The only knock people have on Kevin Durant is like when he was with the Warriors. It was like, okay, go win by yourself, then you know. And then he does leave, and everyone's like, "Why the freak would you leave, man? You had a dynasty there." And he's like, "What am I supposed to do?" So he literally leaves, and he goes and tries to make a super team. Doesn't end up working out. So Kevin Durant's just kind of stuck, and I feel bad for the guy because. He honestly, honestly like, yeah, I, like, I do yeah. feel bad. He's the, yeah, but, like top 10 player of all time. He's amazing. Like he's so good. He's like one of the only players that I think that would beat Michael Jordan in a one-on-one because he's so long athletic and he can defend. Oh, he's but, a, he's a mismatch nightmare. And oh, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him too, but that's, that's, he's 34. Like I, that's why I do think he would leave. And I think he would go to a team maybe like, like the Sixers where yeah. they have Embiid. Mm. I, I mean, Again, that's kind of a yeah, could be kind of a stretch. But I'm just thinking of a team like that. You know what I mean? Or even the way like, the Blazers like are moving, playoff bubble team, or and not title contending. Team, is that what you're <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what the Sixers, man. Yeah. But so. thing with Kevin Durant is he knew that he was going to be the villain when he went to the Warriors, and he accepted that he was the villain. And when you're the villain, you have to do villain things. And I think it's been really fun to see him be on Twitter these last few days and see his perspective on things and just call people out, no matter if it's like Jeremy the cashier or just (laughs) a good top name NBA analyst. Like he has a different perspective that I think a lot of people don't understand or appreciate as a player. Yeah. And he's free with his thoughts and his little fingers on Twitter. So I I think he's in a tough spot. I don't think, I think he needs to stay in Brooklyn because Brooklyn's proved that they have strategy. I mean, they acquired all these players after having D'Angelo Russell as their best guy. Yeah, but is it working? So, well, I mean, only time will tell. But I don't think yeah. I, Personally, I, I don't think it will. But I just I can't see not, the Nets not. trying to convince, or they'll try, but I just can't see the Nets convincing Kevin Durant to stay and pretty much tank if Kyrie leaves. Pretty much tank a uh, year. At, at that point, it'd be a year for him to average 30. Yeah, and then he's, he's six and six, like nearing the end of his prime, though. Like, how are you going to convince Kevin Durant to do that? Exactly. Well, is know. it is it the worst thing in the world to just think for a year? Like, look at the Warriors. When you're at the end of your prime, yeah, it kind of is. When Kevin Durant needs, he's running out of time. He's not mm. like at the end of his prime. He's still an excellent player. He's playing out of his mind, but he is getting older. Yeah, honestly, my Any take legs can't hold up too much longer. Yeah, we got a we got a steamy take right here. I think I don't think he wins another championship in his career. I agree. I agree. I agree. Not with the Nets. And what else would he not, Yeah, not for with sure. The Nets. Not with the Nets. I don't think so, but I think he has potential definitely to win one for sure. And unless he like shocks the world, the resigns of the Warriors. I, yeah. Oh, bro. Where is it going to go? But um, yeah, so anyway. Durant with Chris Paul somehow. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, Paul? I pray for Chris Paul's downfall. I pray for You don't even need to pray that hard. You don't need to pray that hard. No, I don't. Oh no! So I'm, I'm out on the Suns. I'm definitely out. On the Suns. Oh, they're gone. They are gone. They're done. So, and I, I'm actually Freaking really happy. Aiden's gone. Like, I kicked Chris Paul. So, yeah. I pop popcorn. Dude. You know what? Since we're talking about the Suns, I'm good to just break out my haterade. <laughs> Let's go. I'm so. Let's go. Man, let's see Aiden gone. Let's see <laughs> Deep Book collapse. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to where he was this last season. I think he got kind of exposed 
everyone thought he had that dog in him, but it turned out to be a chihuahua. It wasn't, it wasn't a big dog. It, it all bark, no bite. I think that's what Booker's been. Chris yeah. Paul, he's old. Way on the decline. I just – I don't see them working anymore. Yeah. I think everyone's bitter. They seem bitter. miles away. They seem like far away from being a championship team considering how good the Warriors looked. And the Mavericks. Yeah, Mavericks. Okay, yeah. Match. Here, here. Yeah. Hey, Palmer, can we do bathroom Ooh. break real quick? Sorry. All right, our next big candidate or um, person for person of interest for the uh, offseason NBA is Bradley Beal. Where do you guys where do you guys want him to go? Where do you see him going? I want him to go to the Heat. I think the Heat could use a scorer like that so well, and they're tough enough still. Their defense is plenty good. Obviously, we saw their one shot away from making the finals to a Celtics team, which is a really good team, which I think. Probably should have been the Bucks there, but I mean they had Chris Middleton out. So I think the Heat could definitely use a scorer and a closer like that. Um, Bradley Beal last season was like one of the top scorers. Uh, he didn't score as much this year, obviously, but I think he has improved. He's not really that old either. He's still like technically not. He's little. He's moving out of his prime. He peaked about last year, the a couple of years before that. But I mean, he's still a great scorer, a phenomenal scorer, and the 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 Heat could definitely use them. He's actually Bradley Beal. I just looked it up right now. He's twenty eight years old. Yeah, he's still. So I guess he's like literally mid prime. Mid prime, and I've been reading a lot of things saying that most. This is kind of sad for like the theatrical side of of sports, but I've seen a lot of things where it's most likely he'll just stay with the Wizards. Just sign a yeah. I mean, uh, he's literally the max. the Damian Lillard of the East. Like he just he's yeah. a loyal guy like that. And kudos to you for being loyal. But I mean, yeah, as fans of championships, he I feel like he could win a championship if he was on the Heat. I like, agree. As, as the second best player on the team, you are a, a championship level team. And that's a contender. If your, defense, if your defense is good enough, I think his numbers are a tad bit inflated. Because he's on yeah, one of those guys being dudes kind of teams, like the Wizards. Like, literally, like, did anybody goes to the Magic? They go to the Pistons, like Jeremy Grant. Exactly. <laughs> like leaps and bounds, he's the guy. Like, yeah, like you are the first. Second hey, don't hit on Kyle Kuzma like that. <laughs> don't hit on Kyle Kuzma like that. That's what he said. Yeah, you know Kyle Kuzma ain't my guy. <laughs> Kuz. I don't think he's anybody's guy. But, yeah, yeah I, just, I I do agree. I mean, he, he is a veteran, though. Like, he's been in the league a long time. And I feel like no matter which way you cut it, like, averaging almost 30 a game like he did the season prior. I mean, on any team. You're an NBA player. Like, that's really impressive. And I think if he does go to a team like the Heat, like, yeah, maybe he doesn't score as much because they don't need that from him. But I think he's an easy a 15 to 20 points per game guy. I think oh, he'll I mean, fill he the same been. role that Jordan Clarkson fills on the Jazz. No, no I would say offense. That. He's definitely well, a well, not role. obviously he'd be better. Obviously he'd be better. He's better than Jordan. But Clarkson. just a Jordan Clarkson type. He's like, the we need a shot. Go get it. He's a get a bucket guy for sure. Exactly, yeah, and that's exactly what Jordan Clarkson is for the Jazz. Yeah, and the thing is, I think he's athletic enough. With like, I mean, a big thing that I've been kind of like noticing about the NBA is like coaching really does go a long way. Like, all the most successful teams, besides the Celtics this year, who had just that first-year coach, Ime Udoku, 
but it was just like showing how good adjustments go and especially in the postseason and how like just coaching changes a player. I think Bradley Beal is the kind of player where he's athletic enough. He's built in a good way that like with Eric Spolstra as a coach, for example, or even the Celtics, I think Celtics is a, is one of like the candidates for him to go to a coach like Ime Udoku, like coaching him, like who's to say he wouldn't improve in defense. Like, yeah, but Eric Spolstra, yeah, obviously is a great coach as well. So I could see him on the, there's actually a lot of great coaches right now. The Nuggets head coach, obviously the Warriors, Monty Williams is fantastic. The Uh, Bucks head coach. Oh yeah. Willie Green. Fantastic coach. Also a first year guy. Yeah. Ime Udoka, very good coach. Like there's a lot of great coaches out there right now. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of, like obviously the next couple of seasons, what happens to like teams that don't have great coaches. If, like some of them end up like getting bought out, you know, like if one of them gets on a hot seat somehow, like I could see Budenholzer, like if he doesn't win another couple chips in the next like four years, if he doesn't win at least one more, like, well, I don't know. Teams are impatient this year. Like organizations aren't as loyal as they are in like the NFL. Although we are seeing in the NFL, like they're moving off them within one season. So, yeah, I, I do think NBA coaches are getting smarter. Not with like their schemes, but I think career wise, they're getting a lot smarter. Like the assistant coach for the Warriors, he decided not to leave. Yeah, good for him. He would have gone to like a. Oh, yeah. That would have been it for his coaching. Yeah. That would have been it for his coaching career. Because he's not got hired anywhere else. Maybe for an assistant again somewhere else, but. Yeah. All right. Um, Another guy, kind of interesting. People either love him or hate him for some reason. Uh, PJ Tucker. He was on. Just letting you guys know, he did get a ring from the butt with the Bucks the uh, last season. And he, although he, I think he's thirty-seven, kind of old guy, but he's a three and D guy. Hits that corner three. That Ooh. corner three is. And nice. I, oh, what team was it? Maybe you guys saw this too. I heard. Oh yeah, Joel Embiid was interested in uh, yeah. a PJ Tucker deal. What do you guys think of that? I think PJ Tucker stays. I don't think he goes anywhere. I you guys were just in the Eastern Conference Finals, like. Yeah, like, I, I think he understands that he's old, that he's on a pretty good contract right now. I'm sure that he want to sign him, and he'd be dumb to go anywhere else. Because if he goes anywhere else, they're going to give him a what, year, two-year deal. No, yeah. I, I expect the Heat to sign him to anything longer, maybe a three or four-year. Like, right. He's going to be old. He's a great locker room. And I think he makes that team a lot better. Yeah, I, and, but, but I, I do he, think... I do think they're better on the 76ers, though. I think they need something like that. I think they need it. They need it. But I think if I'm PJ Tucker, I look at the Sixers organization. I look at the fans. I look at the support. And, dude, that is such a toxic environment. Everyone that goes to the 76ers hates their life. I'm convinced. <laughs> honestly, honestly, yeah. honestly, though. Those are some brutal fans and some brutal media for sure. But I don't for think sure. that it's a deal breaker necessarily for someone as tough as Oh, it, sure. it's it's hard ben simmons is a very polarizing player and he's kind of unlikable in some aspects so I like I if, but well. everyone really wants pj tucker on their team because he he's is just the guy yeah he's, he's a like, guy he's a three and d kind of guy and he's a hustler he gets the 50 50 balls mm-hmm. and that is exactly what philadelphia fans want and what Joel Embiid needs because Joel Embiid is kind of fragile. He's not going to be diving after balls like he mm. kind of wants. Yeah, to. and and PJ is yeah. not the type of player where he'll be taking those those end of the game shots. Yeah, where Philadelphia fans, if he missed, uh, the Philly fans would end up hating him. 
Like, yeah, I feel exactly. like he's kind of a guy yeah. that he wouldn't the expectations be expectations aren't well. high enough to be exactly. hated in Philadelphia. Because he's not a star. Like, he's just yeah. a good player. Well, but, like, I mean, if you look at the end of at the end of the 76ers run in the playoffs, what the last, honestly, eight minutes, it looked like no one wanted to play basketball. Yeah, they were all true. on the play. They, they, they were done, man. They were done. And I, well, maybe, yeah, maybe PJ Tucker would change that. He would change the, the mentality of, like, well, we lost. You know, like, maybe we can still hustle it out. But I do think a lot of that comes from just the Heat in general. I think the Heat have one of the top locker rooms in the league right now. That's oh, yeah, and that's, that's a lot to do with their culture. Their Pat the culture. Riley being there, yeah. uh, their so GM being a fantastic GM, and then also their coach, Eric Spolster, is a fantastic coach. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know how it would go with PJ and 76ers with Doc. I don't know if the locker room is very good there because, I mean, Doc's calling out players left and right. Who knows? I mean, some players swear by Doc. But I, I, don't, I personally don't see it. So P.J. Tucker, I mean, he'll definitely give you the hustle minutes and the defensive stops that you need. Then that might just be what the 76ers need. In my opinion, they're still behind, though. Like, they are still got some things to make up for because, like, they're not stopping. The process is honest. over. They're I not think the stopping. process is over. <laughs> yeah. Trust, dude. Hey, honestly, <laughs> oh, God. dude, the Sixers are low-key. I think it's – To I some extent. Time, time again. <laughs> To some extent, oh. I think they're the Phoenix Suns of the East. I feel like they're just as far away. Because, like, look at these comparisons. Ready? I feel like they're just as far away from a championship as the Suns are right now. So, right now, you got – with Aiton pretty much gone, you got Booker and Paul. And Paul, who knows? After his playoff performance, like, we'll see. I mean, then you have a bunch of role players. And same thing on the Sixers. You got Embiid, who's like the Booker, I guess. And you got uh, Harden who's kind of washed right now. Like, yeah, for sure. So, and then you have a bunch of people like um, Theibel or Maxi, you know, Tobias Harris. I, like can't, I actually do like Maxi. I like yes, Maxi. No, Tyrese Maxi. Yes, no, he's a bucket. And I think he deserves better than than Philadelphia right now. I'm not going to say Philadelphia as a city. Because I feel I, like it's a, it's a cool place. I will, I will stand by that. <laughs> but but I but like I'm saying, like I I honestly believe the Sixers right as of right now are pretty far away, especially looking at other teams in the East. Like it's, they're not like they're not beating like the Celtics or the Bucks, and they lost to the Heat. Like you would think, you would think on paper, if you didn't look at anything else, you have Harden, Embiid, Maxi, Bible. Ty, like, Tobias Harris. Tobias like, Harris, like, dude, this is a great team. A squad. But every yeah. year, every <laughs> year, just like the freaking Jazz, you're like, this <laughs> will be the Jazz, baby. You're like, I don't understand how. Do you guys just show up and you're like, all right, it was a great run. Do you guys want to lose in six or seven? Now, <laughs> what do you guys do we're going to give the fans what they want. I talked to a 76ers fan the other day, and he said he actually enjoys when his team fails in the playoffs. Oh, he enjoys it. He looks forward to it every year. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, as that a Cowboys a fan, as a Cowboys fan, it's pretty you, comfortable. That's hashtag that. relatable right there. I <laughs> feel like those teams, for sure. Those there's just those teams where even the fans love to see them lose because yeah. it's just so funny. Yeah. It's so funny to run to Twitter, see the memes. It's just so good. I even yeah. I even have Emma um saying the jazz will be the jazz no matter like it can go to any situation though it's kind of like an inside joke but the jazz will be the jazz you know yeah definitely and will be the same and, and that's a that's a whole different can of worms that i'm still <laughs> yeah we can all, all right our own haterade for that one. Oh yeah 
All right. I think another, well, this would be our last kind of big guy for trade rumors. Um, it has to do with, I guess, a player from the Hawks and a player from the Jazz. We got John Collins from the Hawks and Gobert. Rudy Go, three-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, uh, both in trade talks. I hear with the Hawks, almost every trade, they're kind of like, they're really shopping John Collins right now. Um, almost every trade deal they're in, he's in it in some way. And I think, I don't think it's any like sort of malice or anything, but I have read and seen that Collins does want out. No, like really? specific reasons. Yeah. Like, I think he just kind of wants to change the scenery. He realizes he, I feel like he's on the cusp of being a max, max player. Uh, contract talent extreme, like level yeah, talent athletic. i've never seen um but that goes to where gobert um i've heard the top two i've heard are mavericks and the hawks um mavericks i posted a tiktok the other day though. for nope just sports and i talked about how the hawks could be a dark horse team if they did land someone like rudy gobert and they would have to get rid of john collins and probably a few more like things to get him but i think if you put him with a team with trey young who already lacks defense. Um, but I know the Hawks love DeAndre Hunter, who's developed into a, a fantastic player. Um, you have Kevin Herter, just kind of getting to be a veteran now, good, good role player. Um, you have Onyeka Ogongwu, however you say his name. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, good center, Clint Capella. Like, on paper, Hawks are also a really good team. And we can't forget, just a season ago, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. They have a good coach, so, too. Yeah, a good like coach. And Atlanta, Love people love basketball there. Good fan base. So what do you guys think of Rudy Gobert to the Hawks? Or maybe you guys have other ideas of where he should go. I think if Rudy Gobert goes to the Hawks, they are not a title contending team, but they are an Eastern Conference Finals contending team. Meaning that they okay. could, they could yeah. potentially make it to the Eastern Conference Finals only because of Gobert stop being able to somewhat not stop Giannis because Giannis is the best player in the league any given night, but limit and drop the field goal percentage. There's a stat out there that when Rudy Gobert is on the floor, the field goal percentage of the opposing team drops to 14 drops 14% from what it originally was when he is off the, on the floor. And so I think being able to stop the shooters necessarily, or like be able to, to clog the paint a little bit more for Giannis Giannis forced him to take more outside shots. It does limit their offense a little bit. Uh, it can help stopping the heat as well. Um, you know, they, they're not a very inside scoring team, but Jimmy Butler does like to drive a lot more than he likes to pull up and shoot. So I feel like being having a rim protector like that will help the Hawks get over the hump a little bit more. Not quite all the way to making the finals, but I do think that right. they can flirt with the finals a little bit or flirt with the Eastern Conference finals. So that's what I'm looking for next year. If they, if they land Gobert, if not, I'm, right. I don't see them. I can see them maybe making the playoffs, but yeah. I, I think it's a great move for both the Hawks and Gobert. I think Gobert will be able to, you know, stop getting exposed by all these Western conference guards. Like, <laughs> it seems like every time the, the jazz go up against a team that has really good shooting guards, all they have to do is drive in and kick it out. Like, look at the Mavericks series. That's all they did. And so you get Gobert, which then gets to go up against some of these great centers in the playoffs, like Embiid, like Giannis, and and really see what he's all about. Honestly, it's a it's a put your money where your mouth is. Kind yeah, of and I I think what Palmer was saying at the beginning of the of the podcast, that there's like a lot of differences between Eastern Conference and Western Conference. I feel like the Western Conference is very guard heavy, and mm -hmm. very 
pick and roll at the top, kind of pick on big guy like the Warriors did to Jokic. Um, oh. Celt- or like people people try to do to Kevon Looney. Um, you know, like teams like that. And then on the Eastern side, I mean, you got Trey Young. Um, but other than him, like you got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, both wings, Giannis Middleton, you know, shooting guard for Middleton. So he doesn't really have a ball, like the ball in his hand a lot. You got Butler, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, but those all those players you're naming, they're more like hard-nosed defensive kind of teams. Exactly. Like it, it's yes. not necessarily more guard play. It's more of like, you know, we're going to sit, we're going to pack the paint. We're going to definitely defend our wings really well. And, shoot. and I think that's a plus for, for Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah, right. absolutely. Do you show up to Western Conference games and you expect a flurry of threes, no matter what team it is. You're like, you know what, I'm going to see a ton of threes. I'm going to see a lot of post, not post up, a lot of just mid-range cool shots. And you, you show up to the Eastern Conference and you're like, nice. So really grind it in, yeah. post up like real hard-nosed basketball, like you were saying. And I think yeah. that hard-nosed basketball fits Gobert perfectly. Exactly. I think, it fits him perfectly. I think so, yeah. because he is kind of a liability on offense, it does fit him a little bit more. Yeah. But who's – I mean, this could be kind of crazy too. I mean, maybe he's not as much of a liability with Trey Young at the point. Because Trey yeah, Young gets Donovan Mitchell doesn't old. pass to Gobert, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. You can't trust the guy. You can't trust that guy. But Trey Young, the bulk of his assists come from pick and roll at the top. Yep. And, you know, throw it up to John Collins, Clint Capella, kind of like James Harden did with Capella back in Houston. Yep. So, like, I think maybe with Trey Young at the point, instead of a, a kind of older Michael Conley or Mike Conley, it's like, okay, maybe he could be better. So I, I think it's a good trade, and it sounds like we're all kind of in agreement-ish. Like, I think that's probably the best place. The only other place I'd say is maybe the Mavericks. Um, but they, they just got Christian Wood, but. Yeah. I don't know, All right. But we got Jeremy Grant getting traded to the Trailblazers. And I got also um, rumors of the Blazers trading the number one or number, not number one, sorry, number seven overall pick for OG Ananobi from um, the Raptors, who arguably is at least top 10 small forwards in the league. The Jeremy trade. If this isn't making room for other players to go to the Pistons, the Pistons net worth is a twenty dollar bill. There's no <laughs> there's no way you trade Jeremy Grant for a twenty twenty five. I think was it twenty twenty five? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, something like that. Are you serious? It is ridiculous. That's your that was the saving grace of the Pistons this year. Like Jeremy Grant. On any, any other team, other than the guys being dudes type teams, he's not a first option. He's a great player, but he's not a first option. He went right. to the Pistons from the Nuggets to experience that and to really develop his offensive game. Now, I'd love to see what the Pistons are going to do, but if I'm a Pistons fan right now, I am on the edge of my seat. I am stressed out of my mind because I don't know how you win games this next year. and I don't know. And I feel like they're just really buying into the rebuilding. I feel like they've been rebuilding. But they've literally been rebuilding the last for, 20 years, bro. My like since, life, they've been yes. since yes. Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince, Rip Hamilton days. Like, I feel like it's just like hasn't be honest, been since, since the bad boys they've been rebuilding. Come on. Now. For real. Yep. Like, Absolutely. but I mean, I mean, they did win a championship. That's true. Uh, with Chauncey Billups. But um, the thing is, is like. I mean, for them, it sucks, but we got to think about the Blazers, a huge win 
I'd say we got rid they got rid of CJ McCollum. Lillard's coming back healthy. I think yeah. they're holding on to, to Nurkic as a center who's a, a they have Josh player. Hart and Joe Ingles as well. Yeah, Joe Ingles. And then if you do get OG Anunobi, big wing, thick guy, like good small forward. Like I said, arguably 10 to top 10 in the league. I think I think it's low-key reshaping the Blazers right now. And they, I, I don't think it turns the Blazers into a dark horse. I do think it makes them interesting. Yes, interesting for sure. Yeah. I think it does turn them into a dark horse. I think, like, this year off with Damian Lillard, I feel like we kind of uh, didn't forget, but we kind of, like, just kind of turned a blind eye to how good Damian Lillard really is. I mean, he's dropping 50 points not every game. He's averaging, like, close to the 30s before his injury. He's obviously Dame Dalla. You know, this guy is great in clutch time, and he just didn't really have a supporting cast the past years. But I think with these additions, their defense has always lacked, always lacked. And Jeremy Grant's a pretty good defender. So I think with them – just big. Have, yeah, he's big. They're just and big like, guys. Like... With, with Joe Ingles on the outside as well, he doesn't need another player to that can drive and kick like McCollum. He needs a spot-up shooter just like Joe Ingles. Right. And I think with Josh Hart and his athleticism too – I think it's showtime for them. Yeah. Honestly, I, I'm excited for him. I think it's the move in the right direction. If they do land uh, OG on Unobi, that's also really sick. Um, real quick, a question for you guys. Um, going back to the Sixers and James Harden is, because this is what he's seeking, um, and some people agree that he should, and I think the majority of people say no. Is he worth okay. a max deal? Don't say, oh, my God. God no, said it, bro. Absolutely no. There's no yeah. There's no way he's been adding less points every year. Every year since 2018. Like, as a guy who that's his job, that is James, you don't ask James Harden to go get rebounds. Not only that it's just your job, but the player that he was. I mean, yeah. James, like, yes, he shot a lot of free throws, you know, say what you want, but he's also third. I believe third all time in three point field goals. Like he was insane. Yeah, he was insane. They were they were comparing him to like scoring ability up there with like Bernard King and and Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, like Michael Jordan. They're comparing him to that. And it's James Harden number three. It's kind of sad to see him decline like this. But I I like there's no way I feel comfortable in signing him to a max. There's mm-hmm. no way I feel comfortable with that. It's well, especially if you're going to trade for people like PJ Tucker on a one-year contract or things like that, there's just not enough room. There's not enough cap space well, for that. And it's just honestly started turning into a Russell Westbrook contract at that point. Right. If I was on the Nets, I would sign to the Nets. His numbers on the Nets, they weren't amazing, but they were right. But he's, he was more of a playmaker on the Nets, with though. Less right. games, he's, with less games, he's managed to average less. Yes. But – you have to look at also when you get a player, especially these superstars in these days in the NBA, you have to look at what comes like what else comes with them, you know, because he's kind of a player like Kyrie Irving where drama follows. Like if they don't want to play for you, they literally won't show up. I don't think he wants to play. I remember when they lost to the heat, I think it was like game four, game five, something like that. Um, I was listening to first take and Kendrick Perk, like, or one of the topics was like, do you think James Harden, like fluked did it on purpose and of course that's a hor. honestly for a professional that's kind of like a horrible thing to accuse someone of but it's like he's the kind of player where like ever since the rocket days like if he doesn't want to play for you he won't play 
And I've heard there have been some things in the locker room with Doc Rivers. Um, so it's like two questions. Will you get the James Harden that you everyone wants and everyone desires? And two, will you get a James Harden who's loyal, loves the game of basketball, wants to win? And honestly, I, I think that that's ever no. existed. Has that I, James Harden ever existed? No. I, I mean, think so. I think it did. Once he yeah, left the Thunder I, and he became the first option, I think he he loved it so much. That's why I right. stand on office for so many years. He doesn't and have our, that first step anymore, though, on offense. No, oh, and, and, but slow. that could also be um, um, and a getting in shape thing. Because you guys see pictures of him, like he just doesn't look good. He's a chubber. Yes, he's but he didn't. He didn't used to be. Like if you look at old James Harden, he before the nightclubs. He yeah, well, he for sure was a like a skinnier, like bulky guy. Obviously, he had that quick step to step back, and he just he just doesn't really have it like that anymore. So that's why well, my answer is no. And going back to your point, Griffin, is you don't offer maxes to aging on the decline veteran players right unless they provide you something like what tj tucker provides you leadership loyalty and low maintenance and that's low that's, maintenance exactly that's not what james Harden is he's not a racist he's not a leader yeah he's not loyal unless i mean if you look at his record years yeah but ever since his record years no right so yeah so yeah so we'll see what happens with him um definitely not worth the max though yeah, I, I agree. But um, okay, so we are going into our first ever segment um, for Nope Just Sports. It's something that actually, a little story time, my wife, uh, Kylie, kind of ca- gave me the idea. Um, it's called Just the Basics. It's a little, we're going to do a little five to 10 minute uh, little segment every, every couple of weeks, uh, kind of just giving some basic stats on what's happening in current sports. And the reason behind that is she's like, you got to make something that like, anyone can understand especially people that like don't or that want to because maybe they have a boyfriend or friends or a business colleague that know about sports and they just want to keep up in the conversation and we all talked about it me palmer daxton and i um and we are just like yeah i think that's a cool little thing so i think palmer's got a, or maybe we all have it i can't remember what we just yeah said. we all got so i got something got some okay yeah so we're just going to go over a few little things uh, make sure to tell your friends. Uh, I don't know what minute mark we at. I don't know if you can see that Palmer, but I can't see um, it. This is we'll figure that out, and you guys can come here and and learn the basics. And next time you're in a conversation with someone talking about sports, hopefully we can help you out so you can know just a little bit more, just enough uh, to, to keep up, pretty much. Yeah, just to keep up, because obviously if you want to know a lot, like just like anything, you need to put in time to it. But not everybody has time, and frankly, it doesn't interest everybody. But that's why we're here. We're here to help help anyone that we can out. So Palmer, what do we got in just the basics today? So today on just the basics, uh, I was just going to do a little bit of finals review. So just recently, the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, based out of San Francisco, California, in the Bay Area, won the NBA Finals in Game Six. Meaning, they're every series in the playoffs. There's it's the best of seven games. So you get the first team to win four games wins the series, and there's four different rounds meaning that you have to win 16 total games in order to win the NBA finals and the whole championship for that season. The Warriors beat them in six games, meaning that this, the Celtics won game one, the Warriors won game two, the Celtics won game three, and then the Warriors won four, five, and six, meaning the Warriors won three straight and they were able to clinch the NBA finals this year. Um, another thing about that is 
the home versus away. So there's a regular season before the, the, the playoffs start and it's 82 games. Now, based off how well you do in those 82 games determines what we call your seed in the playoffs and your seed in the playoffs uh, can be beneficial. And it is beneficial actually for you because you get something called home court advantage. Home court advantage is nice because obviously you get to play on rims that you're used to. You get to play in an environment that you're used to and the fan base cheering you on. So if you did better in the regular season, you have an advantage in the playoffs as well, meaning you get to go to your home court and play four out of the seven games at home. And finally, with that, Steph Curry won his fourth NBA title, meaning that he also won it three times prior, but he also won it with the same guys on the Golden State Warriors. Um, and finally, the one of the biggest knocks on Steph Curry was um, he hadn't had a, a finals MVP. After every finals, an MVP is awarded to one of the players that played the best in the finals. And so Steph Curry now has four NBA titles and one finals MVP. And that's all I got for the just the basics today. If you guys got any other questions, uh, you can let us know in the DMs as well. But Daxton, what do you have for us? Yeah, mine's mine's not more of a, well, it's kind of current, it's, but it's more of the lingo um, that we've been using and some of the people have been using uh, for finals. So my first one is, what is a dark horse? Uh, we're going to be throwing that word around a couple times since we've gone on here. Um, the dark horse is it's someone or something that's kind of unknown, but they still find a way to win or succeed. Um, if your boyfriend or girlfriend was talking about, oh, this stupid bracket buster, or, oh, this, this certain team screwed up my bracket because they weren't supposed to win, that team was most likely a dark horse. Um, a real-world example would be something like this quiet, bullied kid suddenly whips out some martial art and beats up his bully and no one expected it to happen. But now they kind of treat that kid a little differently because before they didn't know that he was like that, but now he is. Um, going on, it's, you might hear a lot of got that dog in it. I know I said <laughs> it earlier at, at Zoom. Um, so it, it refers to when a player is actually playing like his life depends on it. Uh, he makes baskets consistently. He dunks on anyone, makes big plays, and just carries them in a way that commands respect. Uh, you could call it big D energy, or <laughs> he's alpha, whatever, whatever you you deem fit. But you'll you'll hear people say, "Well, you know that player, so and so, got that dog in him." Um, and my next one is, "What is a contender?" Um, so we use that a lot. Uh, you can think of it as like a brand name team in the NBA. Uh, the Toyotas, the Hondas of the league. They're the most consistent, reliable, and expected to either win it all or get very close. They're like fast cars with great gas mileage in the league. So next time you hear any of those, feel free to use them, throw them around, got that dog in them. If people love you if you say that. It sounds funny. I love saying it. It's my my recent new favorite phrase to use. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's honestly the point of this is, I mean, I'm sure all of us have seen those TikToks where it's like um, somebody has in their notes a bunch of different phrases that they got from their friend and they're at like a Super Bowl party or a play like a NBA playoffs party. They're all watching it. And then they literally just read those sentences to sound yeah. like it. And everyone kind of looks at them and like, you know, it's just like a, a funny little TikTok. Oh, but, yeah, you're like, uh, that's oh. a foul. Uh, where do you guys think Steph Curry lands in the top 10? You know, like things like that, where if you say it, 
um, you'll probably get a good laugh, but also, you know, you kind of just understand things a little bit more and everything's a bit more fun when you understand it. And, and whoever you have a crush on, whoever your coworker is or whatever, I promise they'll shoot be Shoot your shot. Yeah, shoot your shot, baby. Be a All right. The dark horse. <laughs> yes, be the dark horse, whoever you are out there. <laughs> right. Okay, speaking of dark horse, we're actually going to go into that. Um, so for those, whoever saw the TikTok I made, um, I chose three teams that I believe will be a dark horse. Uh, like Daxon explained, a team that can kind of come out of nowhere, um, who you don't kind of you know expect anything from but it's very possible that they go far they they go far in the playoffs and, and win a lot of games um and for me i had the nuggets the pelicans and the hawks uh, i think we all kind of had different teams um the one team that i was really oh and just a disclaimer we're all assuming full health for that was easy yeah no we're not gonna count injuries because who can tell that nobody can predict it I mean, we can kind of predict that Anthony Davis is going to get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Anthony Davis. Yeah. For, for some players, yes, it is it is kind of predictable. But for the most part, with these teams, we're assuming full health. Um, I'm, I can go ahead and start us off. There's the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, we have Zion Williamson, who just signed an extension with them. And it's actually – I think it's really cool for the locker room because there were rumors going around that he wanted to go to the Knicks kind of to reunite with RJ Barrett, his old Duke teammate. Um, and like, he was just kind of like, that's why he, again, there's the rumors, the T of the league, but that he wasn't really trying to get into shape in any like sort of um, like fast pace. Like he was just kind of, kind of cruising along. Like that was kind of his plan or so people thought, but this past year, the Pelicans won or took the number one seeded sons to six games um they signed a player in cj mccollum from the from the trailblazers that is honestly yeah he's he's an all-star he's for sure a, a top 20 player i'd say top 25 um and you have brandon ingram also one of the most okay. underrated stars in the league okay. and you have a coach like willie green and like i talked about my tiktok you have uh, young players who were rookies this past year herb jones trey murphy and jose alvarado um you have other players like Jackson Hayes on the team. It's just, it's honestly just a solid squad all behind coach Willie green. Um, but I think Zion signing that extension, kind of making a new Orleans, big three of Williamson McCollum and Ingram. I think they're a team that definitely that gave the number one seed a freaking like gave them buckets really gave them a run for their and money for sure. Gave them a run for their money, a team that was supposed to be favorites for the finals um, and really, really did really well against them. Um, like even when they lost in game six, it didn't feel like that sad of a loss because everyone knew how awesome it was that they got there and how, how hard they played. I think if Zion, so again, assuming full health if Zion Williamson comes back averaging 27 and 10, like he did before he was injured with all those other pieces on the New Orleans Pelicans team. I think they're my number one candidate for a dark horse team. And I think they can go really hard in a Western conference that's built around scoring and kind of being flashy. Um, and I think, I think they can go, go really far. The the Pelicans were 36 and 46 last year. So that kind of makes them like candidates to be a dark horse because no one's expecting it. I, I plan on the Pelicans going to like 45 to 50 games. If everyone's healthy. Right. Uh, I do like this squad a lot. They play pretty decent defense with Jose Alvarado. Zion Williamson is one of the most efficient players we've ever seen compared like his numbers compared to Wilt Chamberlain. So I agree with you, Griffin. They're, they're a pretty 
dang good team, dang good looking team as well in the future. Their only obstacle this past season was Zion being hurt. I think like Honestly, they took the Suns to six games. You could argue they were one player, aka Zion, away from upsetting the number one seed. That's in the first round. That's yeah, like, insane. And if I remember correctly, they were playing team. Were they not? Wait, say that again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing team. That's that's insane. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that might say more about the Suns. I think it might say a little bit more about the Suns than we think, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You got what was his nickname? Grand Theft Alvarado out there. Yeah, Grand Theft Alvarado. Destroying Chris Paul. You know, I mean Chris Paul did have that one game where he didn't yeah, he went yeah. like 16. But again, Jose Alvarado's a rookie. So come on, bro. Six games? That's a playing team? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's the number one overall team in the league. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Becky. It's pretty awesome. All right. Who else do you guys have? I uh, oh Daxon, go ahead. I'll go next. You know, and I gotta talk about my favorite dark. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, let's go. Let's go. The nuggies, baby. Gotta my number two candidate nuggies. right there. Man, dude, oh, as a Nuggets fan, I'm just going to come out and say I am a diehard Nuggets fan. So this may be a little biased, but this last season, it was the hopes of every Nuggets fan was, A, we make it to the playoffs. B, Jokic gets MVP. And C, let's just try not to get swept. That was it. You know, and all those things happened, and it was a great season. And now everyone is so excited because we got Murray coming back, that guy. He's got that dog in him. Yeah. And in the bubble, historic performance. I'm so excited to see that guy play again. We've got healthy Michael Porter Jr. That guy is an absolute enigma. You have no idea if he's going to go hot in a quarter or if he's not. But when he does go hot in a quarter, it makes it extremely hard for him to bring in. You've got Aaron Gordon coming back into his own unique role that he was supposed to play when he got signed. He wasn't supposed to be you know, third option. He's supposed to get rebounds and dunk it on the baseline. Hustle it out. Perfect role for him. It's exactly what he wanted. He said that's what he wanted. He didn't want to be the number one option anymore. That's why I was starting with the Nuggets. Now, now, the thing I am most excited for is getting the ball out of Will Barton's hands. With all this, <laughs> this Will Barton is the bane of every Nuggets fan's existence. This guy... No hesitation. We'll pull it from half court and just destroy any hopes you had of getting back into the game. Any momentum is gone. Heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. I want to punch the TV when I see it. <laughs> um, now, on a little more positive note, Bones Highland. Dude is a dog. Already a fan favorite, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I love oh. Bones Highland. Not, oh. The name is sick, too. Yes. Oh, Bones. Bones? Come on, man. I see things That's... on Twitter. He's taking him to the boneyard. Welcome to the boneyard. That is so cool. That is yeah, so yeah. ridiculously cool. Yeah. He, what a what a kid, man. Being thrust into an organization where everyone's hurt, you got to step up. You're getting real yeah. moves. Yeah, and that's the thing. They were just riddled with injuries. Like yeah, they were. It was cool. it was hard. And in Will the Barton's defense, yeah, I agree a lot. Will Barton has like every player has his ups and downs. But I think he is a good player to have. But again, like get that get the ball out of his hands more. Out of his oh yeah, hands. absolutely. Get it but but if he's playing if he's playing behind um Jam- or Jamal Murray and Monte Morris, I think he's a 
he hits a couple threes a game. He's kind of like a Reggie Bullock for the Mavericks, just a good three and D guy. Like I have no problem with him. If like, like you said, if he's not like the main guy or one of the main guys, and that's, and that's why I think they're one of my dark horse candidates as well. Two-time MVP Jokic. If Jamal Murray, again, I got to keep on saying this, assuming full health, you got Jamal Murray and, and, and Michael Porter Jr. And a lot of people are forgetting about Boogie Cousins who can still contribute and give you good oh, minutes, especially when your star cool. player is your center in Jokic. You definitely need a guy who you can trust to go in. And like in the playoffs against the Warriors, the fans were loving him in Denver because yeah. he gave Jokic rest and he, he get and ones. He, he was, he was ferocious. He was productive for sure. Yes. He, he was productive. And then also I have a couple of defensive players. I'm just looking at their roster right now and like Aaron Gordon and Austin rivers. Yeah, those guys that not known for their scoring, but great on defense, I'd say. I think this. Yeah. I think we forgot that Austin Rivers came off the couch for Denver. Yeah, he, he was sitting on his couch and he got the call and he was like, "That's a little start." Yeah, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> and he and he again productive. He was productive. I think the Nuggets were just scrambling these these last this last season, honestly, the last two seasons to just. Find dudes that were healthy enough to play. Yeah. Composo, yeah. Five and of started. course, of course, first round they play against eventual champs, the Warriors. Yeah, so kind of every kind of like all the cards stacked against him, but you know, like a Phoenix rises from the ashes, like you come oh. from honestly rock bottom, like they really did their best. I think imagine imagine if the Nuggets played Phoenix. <sighs> Yeah, well, and that's I the thing. Like, who knows? Like, like, like I, I think that they could have upset him. I don't want to play Phoenix until we have Murray back. That was that was the one excuse we had that one year. And if we get Murray back and we get to the playoffs, oh and I I'm think I was also I'll make a whole jug of Gatorade. Yeah, and I think I also heard that Jamal Murray because he got injured like a long time ago. Oh. I think he could have came he back did. way sooner. He could, but the fact I think that kind of goes, you know, kind of have patience and wait it out. He's young. like he comes he's back stronger. Young. There's yeah, no he's young. He's done it before. He yes. got injured. He comes back too quick and he gets re-injured again. And I'm sure Nuggets, that haunted him. Yeah. Nuggets fans and the Nuggets organization, I think we're just like, dude, don't do it. Let's lose just, this year. Like let's win this playoff series and having you get hurt again for another six, eight months isn't worth it. Yeah. We're like, like but let's instead now. let's see what we can do in the offseason. I don't know if they really need to add anybody. I think I'm they sure. need to add some defensive pieces. Like that I said, yeah, really awesome. actually, yeah, I agree. Actually, now that I say yeah, it, yeah, so, really some but defense. Michael Porter Jr. is a very good defender too. He's he's good on weak side. Yeah, yeah. Weak side. on ball on ball, his lateral quickness is kind of iffy, and he does yeah. have one of the most, actually, probably the most crippling of injuries, which is your back. Mm. Anything with your back is oh, kind of hard. Comes to... a bird fan. Hey, it's the back, bro. You use yeah. your back and everything, but. <laughs> Again, yeah, I think maybe they do if they don't give up too much. If they can get some some defensive players, yeah. Like don't forget Jamal Murray averaged 26, 6, and 5, shooting 50% from behind the three-point line. He also in this first three or not this first three, the last three games against the, the Jazz, 50, 42, and 50. The dude is well, a certified one by dog. Two, sure. They were Western Conference, they went that. to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Another reason in that playoff series against the Jazz that they won is Gary Harris came back. Gary yeah. Harris was defending Donovan Mitchell at a level that was so good. Denver Mitchell misses him. And go oh. into the locker room and rethink his life. It was so <laughs> yeah. amazing to see. But yeah. oh. the last thing I'll say about the Nuggets is 
we talked earlier about how the Western Conference is very pick and roll, throw it bigs. And I think Murray and Jokic's pick and roll is deadly. Really? It's so good. It is I so mean, ridiculous to get. Jokic has had these two last seasons to just get MVPs, just get get options MVP. other than, you know, just get a casual MVP on, on the team other than Murray. So he knows who he can pass. He's just, he's just too nice with it. But he knows who he can pass it to. You know what I'm saying? Like, pass yeah. to, pass it to. Yeah, and, and if you want, if you want concrete evidence, again, past is past. Who knows what happens? But I challenge anybody to go watch those bubble highlights from Jamal Murray or just the Nuggets in general. And it really was, it was awesome to watch. But I know, so I know the Jazz against the Clippers against the Lakers. He had some good and they came back in both the Clippers and the Jazz series of being. I think they were down three one both times. He was like Kawhi Leonard, the guy who's yeah. supposed to shut down. He was like, dude, give him to me. Yes. Easy. Yes. Um, so I know Palmer. I feel like Palmer had a, a dark horse team as well. Yeah, I'll make it real quick. Uh, I just okay. really like the Blazers next season a lot. I mean, especially with this addition with Jeremy Grant. You got Lillard, Eric Bledsoe. You got Josh Hart, Joe Ingles. Like this team was really bad last year. I mean, like seriously bad. But they got some young pieces. I really expect them to do really a lot better next season. I feel like they were, they're starting to come out of this rebuild mode. And with Lillard coming back off this uh, surgery, I think he'll be even better. He's a really tough guy. Uh, everyone that I, that I've heard like in interviews with or talking about Damian Lillard, they say he played through a bunch of injuries and everything like that. So I think he'll be able to carry this team. Um, I don't necessarily put them like, I definitely think they will be around like a six seed coming into the West. And I feel like they could get past the first round playing against what would it be the third, the three seed. I feel like they could get past the three seed, um, but probably that's probably where I'd put like the end of their season is the second round of the playoffs. But I do expect them to do a lot better than they did this season. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I agree. To say, I think all of the dark horses that we're talking about honestly come from no success last year because of injuries. Yeah. It's Pelicans so and Blazers. Yeah, all their like yeah. stars. I mean, Blazers are injured. Blazers are, are going to make some great accusations this offseason. Yeah, the Pelicans. They they were missing Zion. They're like, oh, we're going to be really good this year. This year because Zion's back. Nuggets. We have our whole roster back from the hospital. <laughs> I think that's what makes these teams horses. Yeah, and you know it's it's sad. It's a part of sports injuries you know there's nothing you, can you, do you, you, you hate them um you hate when like you know and that's actually another segment we'll talk about one day it's called shoulda coulda woulda where we talk about rhetorical what if hypothetical situations um because yeah injuries are a big deal and they they kind of ruin some teams sometimes but yeah all these teams all these teams that we've named are going to come back stronger i'm i'm excited for the league um i think we got we're going to have some nice, nice players to watch. Nice, nice teams to watch in the future. Um, so real, now next up, this might take a little bit. We're going to go into the 2022 NBA draft. Um, drafts are extremely important. We've seen that. We saw the Warriors win the finals um, with players like Draymond Green, Gary Payton, the second who was undrafted. Um and one that I had, I have it written down here. Uh, Kevon Looney was another guy um, where it's just like, you know, they're not, 
besides Andrew Wiggins. I mean, they're not top 10 picks, you know, but they come in and they help you win championships. They help you in the playoffs. And no one can tell that. I mean, you can't predict a player's uh, success, but I think that's why teams are just so um, on top of their draft, their draft choices, because you, you need to pick someone that, um, you know, ideally start contributing to an NBA team, an NBA roster right off the bat. Um, but even, even if like, like without that, you can have a person who could just develop with a franchise, uh, have a city fall in love with them and you just have them roll and pick up a team. Um, so we're just going to kind of talk about the top prospects, uh, like the top 10 prospects of this draft. Um, I think the question that we had posted for this podcast was, you know, your guys' picks for rookie of the year, mm-hmm. um, as well as players that you think are overhyped. Um, so whoever, whichever one of you guys two wants to start. Well, I think the rookie of the year will be Jaden Ivey from Purdue. And there's a couple of reasons why I think that one, I mean, he averages 17 points a game. Uh, obviously I like, I checked the highlights and everything. He just seems like a very athletic, extremely athletic and twitchy, really very lateral and vertically gifted kind of guard. Good, good feel for the game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Great feel for the game. He's um, he makes very good decisions uh, on offense and on defense. He's, he can hold his own on defense, but I think one of the things in the league now that's needed the most are athletic wings that can defend and shoot the three. And I think that's exactly what Jaden Ivey is. That's what the Warriors like with Clay Thompson. And if you see it on the Celtics too, like they're the reason why they're so good is they play really good defense and they're lengthy guards that are athletic and can shoot the three. So I think with those couple things, I think Jaden Ivey being as twitchy as he is and gifted offensively as he is, I think he'll be the rookie of the year. And I, I think um, my concern his name, Banchero. Banchero, uh, yeah. Uh, I think he's going to make his own shot. He's really good from the range. He can guard. I mean, he's going to the Houston Rockets. He's going to be playing against you know, John Wall. And John Wall consistently has proven that he gets almost paid. Gets guys paid. <laughs> He's very good at making money, bro. <laughs> he needs a lot of players in the league to be his dependents because without them, without John Wall, they're out of the league. It's just that's just how it is. And so I think with the Rockets not having the greatest roster, it's going to allow this rookie to get minutes, meaningful minutes, show off, get his own shot off, get them wall, and show the world what he can do. I think. With the rookie of the year, I think a lot of it comes from where they go. I mean, a player can be great, but if they go to the Magic, we get lost. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. What would happen if exactly Curry exactly. went to the Pistons, bro? Like, who knows? So, yeah, I think I think Paolo Banquero is a good choice because he's probably, as in of recent years, like has like the best or closest to a pro body that you can. He's 6'10", 250. Like he's a, he's a big guy. Like in college, you'd see him, um, you know, play against those teams. Again, it's college, so they are a bit smaller, but that kind of emphasized his, his size. Um, and he was able to dribble and, and move really quickly, especially for a big man. Um, so I, I think that's a safe pick. Um, 
I think my choice, I had Jaden Ivy as well. Uh, Palmer kind of covered a lot of what I was going to say, but I also, I kind of just want to be bold. Um, maybe you guys heard of him. Maybe not. I think he's a top 10 prospect. I have Benedict Matherin from Arizona. Arizona. He was a Pac-12 player of the year, uh, averaged 17 and uh, about six rebounds. Uh, six foot seven guard forward kind of guy. Um, his strengths um, were like he could score really well. Um, he's super athletic, really bouncy. His spot up shooting was really good. Um, something that like is contributing, especially for a rookie in the NBA, his off the dribble three point shooting wasn't incredible. His catch and shoot was way, way, way better. But I think as a rookie, that's kind of what you're expected. And oh, yeah, absolutely. a lot of players get get spot up threes in this league. Like you drive and you kick. If you, could, if you can knock down a spot, I mean, look at P.J. Tucker. He's made a career out of that because he's just been the corner three guy. Like yeah. Clay Thompson. Yeah, Clay Thompson never dribbles. So it's like it can definitely – it's definitely possible. But, of course, you always have room for improvement in the league. You have the best coaches, best trainers. Um, but if you look at him, he's just built, built really well. Um, he's built different. He's definitely yeah, built. And, and when you think about this, it might be a stretch because of the player that this guy has turned out to be, but he's very, very, in my opinion, comparable to Jalen Brown on the Celtics. He's six foot seven, a uh, guard forward kind of guy. Jalen Brown slasher, um, really good mid range, good at like, except for the finals, good at dribbling. Uh, he can hit the three and he's easily. I mean, him and Tatum kind of shuffle between who's the best player on the Celtics. So Green has had a, a great career um, for being a top three pick. And I think he's someone that you can compare to uh, him to. Um, I think he can go into a, any one of those teams in the top 10. And with development, maybe not right off the bat, but with development, become a Jalen Brown type player. Um, so I think he could definitely be rookie of the year. I, I, he has a good shot. Uh, I think it just depends on what kind of moves the Blazers make this offseason. I don't know if he's going to have a spot. Right. You're right. You're right. Notice how none of us said Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Bust yeah. out the haterade. Get the haterade out. Oh. You know, I know Ooh. in sports podcasts, it's it's fun. Uh, we don't always agree. Um, like any friend group, we always we we fight sometimes. And of course, on a sports podcast, it's fun to debate. It's fun to have your own takes. Uh, this is one that we all, I think we all agree on, um, that Chet Holmgren, although he does have a lot of promise in some way, like rim protector, because he is 7-1. I mean, well, if you like look at like, this, is just what every NBA team is saying. But did he get blocks? Even the same, I feel like he seems, he, he builds the same kind of role that a player like Bull Bull has. He's like... Mm. I would love to see Bo Ball just turn into this absolute monster. I know. I wish, bro. I wish. So, I don't know how this guy is getting drafted, you know, projected second after his performance during March Madness. It blows my mind. He was not the best player on the Dungeon Saga. Get out of here. The guy who was the best player in Madness on Gonzaga isn't even in the draft. It's my boy Timmy. Yeah, the, Drew Timmy. The, Timmy. The reincarnation of Larry Bird, in my opinion. This <laughs> guy. He's too nice. Now, Chet, let's let's look at his game one versus St. Mary. Yeah. Three for nine from the field. Oh for four from three. 
two rebounds, whoop de doo, you're seven foot, one assist, four fouls, eight points. He's serious. Moving no, on. I moving up game two. Oh, I got I got his whole performance here, guys. We're gonna we're gonna go through it. Let's go. Eight for thirteen from the field. You know, that's kind of efficient. Well, actually, going back to that first game, yeah, three for nine, oh for four, eight rebounds, four assists. Does that remind you of someone you guys used to play with in the recreational league? Me. I could go do that. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, game two versus Georgia State. Efficient, 8 of 13, 0 for 2 from 3, 17 rebounds, 5 16, 17 rebounds is pretty impressive, though. 19 points. Now, that sounds great, right? That sounds great. George if State. If wasn't on the team, if Kimmy wasn't on the team, now let's look at Timmy. 13 of 21, you know, we're inefficient, 0 for, 0 for 3, 13 rebounds, you know, only four less than the seven player. We got two assists matching him. No, I'm sorry. You got two assists, two fouls, 32 points. Yeah, I agree. I, I like it a lot better. Is, is outscoring the guys predicting number two. Moving on to game three. Did four for against, this is against Memphis. Four of seven, all of three from three, nine rebounds, two assists, five fouls, nine points. Who is this guy? <laughs> now, let's go to, let's go to two. Let's go to my boy two again. 10 of 16, one of one from three, 14 rebounds, four assists, two fouls, four points. Yeah. Wait, how many points do you have? How many points? Why isn't he in the draft? Here we got game four against Arkansas, which they lost. Five of nine, one of three from three, 14 rebounds, one assist, five thousand eleven points. This is a do or die. All of these games are do or die. Man, he showed up here. Now, think of Timmy. 9 of 19, 0 of 1 from 3, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2,025 points. Yeah, he, he's way better. I mean, it's too bad that he's not going in the draft because he would be high up there. But Yeah, I, I think Chet is a player. I think he should have stayed and developed more. Oh, absolutely. He's like, he's definitely, but I mean, he's 195 I, pounds. Yeah, I, I, I was going to share that. 195 yeah. pounds, you guys. That's like 20 pounds more than me, and he's like two feet taller than me. What the heck? He's seven foot. He gets like a a guaranteed top 15 pick in the NBA draft because he's from Gonzaga. And inflated all the time, too. They play a bunch of cuts, to be honest. The hardest hardest team they play every year is They played the local team here, actually, the local high school, pretty much, Dixie State University. So, yeah. no, and yeah, seven one one ninety five. I think he and like he's also I think it's a typical case of him being kind of inflated since high school because like he had those mixtapes, everything, you know, future future number one overall pick. Um, and I was reading a lot into it, why teams want him because, um, you know, I don't want to be too hard his, on anyone. Of his upside. I, yeah, I want to look like his upsides. Uh, like I said, he is a good rim protector, um, like just because he's so long. Um, and one thing that everyone's kind of talking about is his shooting, how he can stretch the floor in today's NBA. That's, that's huge. He actually is a really good three-point shooter. Is um, he? Not March Madness. Not yeah, March not, March you're right. Not in March Madness. And who knows as a pro, but again, that's why. Yeah. And that's why we're all doubting. You get X amount of space. And in NBA, you get less than half that amount of space to shoot a ball. Just saying. Yeah. Everyone can block you in the NBA. Everyone. 
Yeah. Like playing some dude that like just finished classes and he's yeah. got, he's got like, out of algebra two. <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah, I think uh, I don't even know what to title it. If we have rookie of the year, he's maybe just most overhyped player for for the draft, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I also, I actually, this is just kind of like uh, out of the blue, kind of on the fly question for you guys. Uh, I saw an article. It was why more big men are returning for another year in college. And because there was players like, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but the guy from Kentucky, we had um, Baycott from North Carolina. Drew Timmy. Um, Drew Timmy, the guy from Purdue. Just tons of bigs that yep. um, 10, 15 years ago would be top five, top 10. And would go in and, and contribute right away. And I go back to Kavon Looney, who proved really important because he's kind of those old school big. Like he he doesn't really shoot, he didn't really score too much either, but like he was he put in tons of minutes in the finals and just the postseason in general. Um, because he just did dirty work. So why think, do you you know what do you guys think about that? I, I think it's because they're starting to realize they need to work on their game a little bit more, they need to shoot a little better, and I think they need to get bigger as well. I mean, like any college facility is like obviously like there's some are better than others but if you can work out a little bit more like imagine if chet holmgren was 225 237 one like oh yeah i would totally like i would love to pick him on my team but he is small he seems kind of fragile seems like he could get pushed around imagine dwight howard next to him like dwight howard's not even like a very good center but he's big so like i think a lot of these centers are realizing you know a either my shooting is not very good or b I'm not a good enough defender and I'm not big enough. And some, some of them just like it. Some like the college life. It looks like Drew Timmy loves being in college. He's the man. Yeah. He's the man. Well, and I think going along with that, Palmer, I think realizing that there's much more to the game than just being big. You know, I, I think the center position a long time ago was you're big and your job is to be big. And yeah. Positions like point guard, shooting guard. Well, the league is becoming more and more positionless, so I can see what you're it's, saying. You have to learn some of those technical skills that those other positions require. Like as a big, he knows how to pass. He knows how to shoot. It is a glorified bucket. Like you just have to know how to do other things that aren't a traditional center's job. Like you call it, college is a great place to learn that, but. Um, the risk that the draft and the NBA experience it because when you do drafting and you've got a team, like if you go to the G League, it's almost a guess it's it's so hard to get out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. Does anyone know what time does the draft start? Do you guys know off the top of your head? I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, look that up real quick. I don't think anyone's been picked yet. It's currently 540 here. Um but while he's looking that up, we have we are going to be ending the show with another segment. This one's kind of a, a fan favorite. Everyone kind of knows of it. Um, start bench cut. You know, we get three players um, to choose from, and we start one. If you had your own team, you bench one, and then you cut one. Um, Palmer, what time does the draft start? Just real quick. I couldn't like, find it real quick. I bet I can find it on my phone real quick. One sec. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um. So the three players that we have, we have Damian Lillard. It starts at 8 p.m. At 8 Eastern oh, okay. time. All right, we're chilling. So, so we'll it see. At six. 
Yeah, and we'll see in a year from now. We'll we'll come back and look at this podcast and we'll see how how right we were. Speak of the devil. Um, but we have yeah, speak of the devil. But we have start bench cut today with Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler. Kind of different positions, some of them. It was a really Ooh. tough one when we thought about it, but Palmer, why don't you go ahead and start us off? What do you think? Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, and Jimmy Butler. Yes. Okay. I think I'm gonna have to start butler because of his because of how like he's just a dog like he he just goes after everything he's like the the ultimate competitor you know and then i probably i'm gonna have to bench lillard and cut tatum and there's only a couple reasons why i love tatum i love his upside and everything but mentally i don't think he's got it i don't think he's there mentally and I don't think he can carry a team to win a championship without a second or two or three really good players. So that's for that reasons. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very similar. Very similar. However, I'm going to have to switch Lillard and Ballard. I would start him. I would bench him. He coming off the bench, he's an easy six man. He's the team consistent. That's what Butler's so good at. Is he's so consistent. I think that's what you need. You need that six man. You need great consistency. A guy that's just healthy for the long run. This is going to keep this thing going. Is it tough to Because I think Willard is better offensively. And the only downside is his defense. And you know what? I feel like it depends on the team you're building on him. But I would take the Same time. Yeah. Interesting. Um, oh boy, here we uh, go yeah, with yeah, the yeah, Tatum. Tatum top four player in the league. To go back to what I mean, to go back to what Palmer said, he said, "I can't see Tatum winning a championship without two to three other good players. Really um, good players. Boy, really yeah. good players. I mean, that's how you win a championship. I mean, but really anyway, good players. Okay. But anyway, we well, have. Won a champ- okay, oh, yeah. he, we have. He he didn't have that dog in him in the finals. He, he did not have a dog in him. He did not yeah. in the final. Hey, yo, but Jalen Brown, low key, did some of the games like yeah, more, than Tatum, yeah, more than Tatum. Oh, yeah, he's not going to be the reason why they win the finals, is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. So for me, I had start Tatum, bench Jimmy Butler, and oh. cut. Damian. You're gonna cut Damian. Dame Dalla. You're gonna cut Dame Dalla. Honestly, like we kind of said, this. oh my gosh, literally up. recency bias. You didn't even come out and say that you're probably biased. I, when I put on the Nuggets jersey, I assume that everyone would understand I'm biased. I cannot say. Here we go. Yes, I'm a Celtics fan. Yes, I love them. I, I maybe a little bit of bias, but also I kind of just I'm looking at it. And Lillard, we like Pete Palmer said. I think the league, as well as the fan, its fan base, kind of have turned a blind eye to to Damian Lillard and forgotten about him a little bit. I will admit that I'm kind of uh, guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I like, I remember him playing, like, I think felt like years ago. Um, and just because he's always been on Portland, maybe that's also kind of like a block, like in my mind where it's like, it's Portland. Um, but then I have Jimmy Butler, who in these playoffs just really, really impressed me. Um, considering the Miami team, which is broken. Like the fact that they took Celtics to seven games was really impressive and that he was the the catalyst for that. I thought it was great. And then Jason Tatum, I mean, yes, he, he choked in the finals, 
wasn't the guy he was supposed to be um, or that everyone expected him to be, but he's also 24. He's also 6'9", six, 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 almost 6'10". Yes, I'm, I'm starting him, dude. I, I'm trusting him. I, you're right. I should be more excited. Yeah. I still believe in Tatum. Yeah, Can you're right. I need to believe. with this, like, Celtics I, I need to believe what I'm saying. I think Tatum is a top top 10 player. He's just trying to cope. He's top. just trying to cope, and he's still denial. Take it how you want it. He's a, I think he's a top three forward in the league, a great two-way player. He's on a team that is just most likely to go go far again. Um, And I think just, yeah, personally – he he's he's got time, and I think this experience in the finals, I think it'll be a positive for him, and he'll grow. And I it'll I break him or it'll started. make him. So you're right. Here's the thing: it's gonna break him. You said you said Tatum has time. You know what Tatum does not have? Oh my gosh! That is what he doesn't have. And guess what, Griff? I hope you and all Celtics Nation and the Celtics team is sending thank you letters to Milwaukee Bucks and to Chris Middleton for getting his MCL sprain because they're not making it past the Milwaukee Bucks with a healthy Chris Middleton. So I will honestly, say, we only time will tell. Only time will tell. The Celtics will be back to the finals. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, but, yeah, so that was real quick just for – for TikTok purposes later, I'll try and post it. Let's each of us go through um, and name our start bench cut again and kind of like shorten it up a bit. That way we can, it'll just be a nice little TikTok. So Palmer, you go first. So start Butler, bench Lillard, and cut Tatum. Easy. All right. I, you got to start Lillard, you got to bench Butler, and you got to cut Tatum. And I think you got to start Tatum, bench Butler, and cut Lillard. <laughs> hey. Oh, you gosh. Guys, you guys will see. Oh, gosh. Let's, it's, let's it's see. Opium. He's, he's consuming right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Go All get right. your mind checked, son. <laughs> but that is it for the, like I said, official 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 uh episode one of nope just sports we are going to try our best to uh post more tiktoks and make an instagram page get this out to wherever you listen to your podcast from um we're just three friends and we'll probably have guests more friends on with us we're just three friends that love sports and want to want to talk about it um and just share share our um interest with everybody else uh what do you guys anything else to say for you guys uh rate review subscribe you guys know the whole nine yards. Thanks for uh, listening, and uh, we appreciate your support. Thanks. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All so right. we will, we'll be trying to do this every Tuesdays and Thursday. Um, eventually, the goal is to start doing it Monday through Friday, honestly. But for now, Tuesday through Thursday, just with everyone's schedule, this is how we'll do it. Um, anyways, this is Nope Just Sports, and we're signing off. See, ya. See you guys next time.